Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast or simply have an interest in sport, you have come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation and a little bit of entertainment. Hello from the UK. I have been here since Friday working at Ironman 70.3 Weymouth last weekend and now based in Bolton since late Monday night for the special one-off Ironman 70.3 Bolton this weekend. Race day in Weymouth was brilliant. Racing conditions were almost near perfect with a flat cam swim, a dry day on the bike and the sunshine on the run made it a little warm for the athletes but much preferred I think to some of the weather we have had in recent years. It's certainly a race to consider for 2022 if you are looking for an end of season race with the holiday vibe. I managed to get a few runs done and get into the water a few times too. Add the sunshine, sand, blue skies and a few ice creams into the mix and it really was just like being on holidays. We have a big weekend ahead this week in Bolton with Iron Kids centre stage on Saturday before the big day on Sunday. Fingers crossed the weather plays ball again this weekend. Did you watch the 70.3 World Championships in St. George on Saturday? It looked like they had four seasons in one day out on the course. Regardless of the weather, there were some superb performances across the board, both in the professional races and across the age groups. Huge congratulations to everyone who made it to the finish line on the day, with a very special shout out to Gustav Eden and of course, Lucy Charles Barkley, who were crowned the 2021 World Champions. Before leaving for the UK last week, we had a busy week with our Bike Week activities in partnership with Galway City Council. Our Zwift spin on Monday night was followed up with a Facebook Live show on Wednesday night, featuring Dara Feely, Stephanie Carr and Sean Hernan, who shared plenty of stories and tales of their adventures on two wheels. You can watch it back on the Try Talking Sport Facebook page. Monday night this week was the anniversary of our first ever Zwift spin. Hard to believe it's a year since that very first spin, which was hosted as part of Bike Week 2020. If you haven't taken part yet or fancy joining the fun for the year ahead but just don't know how to get set up or get started, please do get in touch. I'm signing up to race with Team RWB again this season. I saw a huge increase in my power and biking performance over the winter with the mix of easy spins and hard racing on Zwift, which definitely transferred to the road. If you fancy joining a team for the season ahead, drop me a message and we can get you set up with a team. Before I left for the UK last week, I got the chance to chat with our guest on this week's show, Maeve Gallagher. With a dominating performance at Loch Coutre Castle the previous Sunday, she powered to victory in the BMW National Series Standard Distance Race, finishing as fastest female on the day and second overall in the race. Last Sunday, Maeve was crowned the National Sprint Champion for the very first time, adding another national title to her incredible 24 previous titles across cycling, triathlon and athletics. The 19-year-old is currently juggling her second year of her pharmacy degree in UCC whilst also training and racing as an elite athlete for Ireland. In 2019, she represented Ireland in three separate European championships across cycling, triathlon and cross-country running, which is quite a remarkable achievement. She has a long list of racing accolades and success to date from racing at the European Youth Olympics in cycling to competing in Ross Le Mans twice, winning the best Irish rider green jersey on both occasions. Not to mention the long list of success in athletics and cross-country running at home and abroad, as well as her success on the international stage in triathlon. It's no surprise that she has twice been awarded Irish Junior Triathlete of the Year by Triathlon Ireland. For now though, she is focusing on triathlon as her chosen sport, with her eyes firmly focused on being the best she can be, with a desire to train, race and represent her country at the highest level. This is a great chat with Maeve, who at such a young age is an inspiration not only to her own age group, 
but also to those of us who are much older than her and to those who may follow in her footsteps for years to come. Enjoy the show. Maeve Gallagher, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Welcome to Try Talking Sport. Thanks very much. I'm delighted to be chatting to you. Maeve, you're from Mayo, but you're down in college in Cork with my old alma mater. How are you after the match on Saturday? A little heartbroken. I think everyone in Mayo is. I think we we expected to come Sam to come home too soon, but I suppose we have another we have the next couple of years to try and go for it again. So apart from that, I'm good. Yeah, I started on college on Monday down in Cork. So I'm in second year now. So yeah, it's nice to be back on campus and see some students face to face. And of course, at the weekend, the Mayo match wasn't the only thing that you had your mind focused on because you did take part in the Olympic distance race in Lakutra Castle in Gort on Sunday morning and you powered to victory in that race. Yeah, no, that was a great race. I've done Lakutra the past two years that it was on. Um, so I love the course. And yeah, I managed to win the women's race and I was second overall. So yeah, it was good. It was a good kind of training race because I love doing races at home as well as abroad. So now I really enjoyed it. So you just slipped in there that you finished second overall. So you were uh, less than five minutes behind the men's winner, which was Owen Lyons. And you were about six minutes ahead of second place on the day. Is that a regular occurrence, Maeve? Um, well, you never know who can turn up to a race. So like, it's not good to be complacent. But I do like trying to put it up to the men sometimes. <laughs> You were studying uh, pharmacy in UCC, back to college last Monday, seeing people for the first time. How weird was it last year to go into first year of university and not really see anybody? Yeah, I feel like this year almost feels like first year again, because you met people last year only online and that's not the same. So I am looking forward to kind of get to know people better, even like in accommodation and on campus. It'll be something nice. And I'm living down here as well. So I'll get plenty of time to meet people. So last year, were you living at home when you were in first year of college? Yeah, I was. I actually came down to Cork for two weeks and then they were like, oh, we're not doing anything else on campus. So I headed back to Mayo and set up camp there for the year. You're 19 years of age and you are one of the most accomplished triathletes in the country. You not only are an accomplished triathlete, an accomplished cyclist and an accomplished runner, but before we start getting into some of the success that you've had over the last number of years, I want to take the listeners right back to how in the first place did you get involved in sport and where did this passion for sport come from? My family has always been mad in sport. So both of my parents have been involved in like the clubs in Mayo. Um, my dad was involved in the Mayo team as well a couple of years ago. Um, so from like a young age, I kind of dipped my toe into every different sort of sport. I did Gaelic football, soccer, basketball, like I I just did everything. I just loved giving things a go. Um, and if my friends were doing something, I just joined in with them. And then it was probably when I joined my athletics club. I think I was only five or six. I kind of found the sport of running. I kind of fell in love with that straight away. Um, and I started doing cross country races, athletics races, and it all took off from there, I guess. But my family has always been encouraging us to do sport and just do things that I love so and are you the eldest in the family no I'm not I have an older brother who is into cycling he's actually on a sports scholarship for cycling at UCD my two younger brothers are Rory he's into cycling as well and then my younger brother Pierce is actually <laughs> following my footsteps he wants to do triathlons too and my parents as well my mum is a runner as well and my dad likes to 
think he's a cyclist as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll appreciate you saying that about him. No, he's still quite good. He's still quite good. He'd do the odd race at me now and again. And do you think, was there ever a time when your dad wanted you to be a Mayo footballer? Yes, definitely. Definitely. When I was, I was actually on the Mayo, like under 12s girls teams um, for a year, maybe. But then I just ended up getting injured. Um, so I had to give that up in secondary school. But I enjoyed the Gaelic. It was good. It's good fun. How do you go from a cross country runner then into triathlon and cycling? Which came first, cycling or triathlon? Cycling came first. It was running that came first, like when I was five or six, uh, did the community games. And then from the cycling side of things, my brother, uh, Connor, he'd be going like on international teams with Ireland. So I seen him cycling and I think I just didn't want to feel left out. So I'd go like training with him. And then it was only when I went to secondary school that my teacher, Lorraine Carey, who actually is a former triathlete herself, you might know her. Um, I don't know if the word former triathlete is the word she, she still used. is like she's she amazing yeah <laughs> yeah so she encouraged me in first year to go to like this local schools triathlon in Sligo um and I kind of just went along not knowing what to expect because I hadn't really swam that much and I actually won the race and then after that I was like right this is what I want to do and I guess it sort of took off from there you'd never done a triathlon before you couldn't really swim and you won the oh. race yeah, I didn't. It was a pool swim as well, so I think I I was a bit lucky there. But then after that, I joined the swimming club in Casabar. So yeah, it was first year in secondary school that I kind of got into the sport. So if Lorraine Carey hadn't um, encouraged you to take up triathlon and go to that event, do you think you'd be doing what you're doing today? Um, I don't know, but like she has had a strong influence on me and like I still I'm very close to her today. Like she's still one of my good friends. And I think maybe not if she hadn't encouraged me to go, I mightn't have got into the sport at all. So it was running first, then cycling, then triathlon. Yes. Yes. So I've always like done individual running races and cycling races like along with triathlon races. So the cycling like I've just I've done Rostamon two years I've always kept up the cycling because I love it. It's such an adrenaline rush. I like to compete in all individual disciplines as well. And I suppose the three disciplines all lend themselves to competing in triathlon. It's not like you're of going course, off playing yeah. field hockey and then trying to come back and <laughs> cycle or, or play no. badminton or something. You know, I think a lot of listeners will will want to know, you know, what does a typical training week look like for you? Maybe while you were trying to study for the Leaving Cert, I think first before we even look at what it might be like yeah. now. Even now, like I'm only getting into a new routine and things are still a bit up in the air and trying to find out what's what down here. But during the leaving cert, it was it was pretty demanding trying to balance the two. Um, so trying to train swimming four or five times a week, same with the run, maybe three or four runs. And the bikes were probably the hardest to fit in because as like your listeners will know, to get out on the bike, to get your gear ready, it just takes so much time. So it was difficult, but I would say I'm kind of strict with my time. So if I have something to do, I'm like, right, I just need to get this done and not procrastinate that much. So you don't procrastinate at all? No, that's one of my strengths. You remind me of Anna in South Africa, one of the professional athletes. She's working full time and pro athlete full time as well. And she says she always puts it into her diary that she's doing her training at whatever time of the day it is. And if it's 11 o'clock, she will put her pen down or close her laptop at 11 o'clock and just go and do it because she's trying to juggle so much 
that if she doesn't do it, the day is just gone from her. Is that similar to the type of lifestyle that you're now in? Yeah, no, I find if I don't set out a plan, I might as well just not just not bother with the day I just need to set things out and then just get it done and just not like just not put it off until later which is usually the easiest thing to do leaving cert year um you know what what did your day look like because I know there'll be lots of people listening who'll have uh young uh students at home uh whether they're athletes or aspiring athletes or maybe they're not athletes at all but you know how did you manage your day or what did it um a day look like for you coming into the Leaving Cert in terms of study and training and did your training take a bit of a backseat when the Leaving Cert was on or what did you do? Well like I found in secondary school that most girls when it got to Leaving Cert they dropped out or they just kind of stopped with sport and to focus on study but I found that if I didn't keep up sport like my studies would have gone down because I needed that break from study. So like a typical day would be swimming in the morning before school uh, then go to school, come home, get some food, do study for a couple of hours and then train again in the evening. But I think I got into a good routine in Mayo. So it was difficult to juggle at times, but I would encourage any girls or boys out there that are still going into Leaving Cert or whatever year you're in to keep up sport because it is it's a good outlet. You can't beat it. And I think that's good advice for all of us, really. It doesn't matter yeah. what age we are. I mean, I, I know I haven't done anything since Monday myself. I haven't swam. I haven't ran. I haven't biked. And I'm I'm sitting here. It's Thursday afternoon now <laughs> saying, you know, I really need to do something. But the week has kind of gotten Got away on me. And yeah. I, yeah, exactly. And I don't feel any better for not training when maybe when the pressure was on during the week, I should have just said, OK, I'm going out for a quick run for half an hour. Yeah. And I'll come home and maybe be more productive. But it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it, really, that you, you think you should be studying or think you should yeah. be working when really getting out in the fresh air is the best thing that you can do. Yeah, my mum my, my is great crack. She'd always say, like, if I was complaining um, about going out in the weather, something, she's like, maybe you'll feel so much better afterwards for doing this. So just go out and do it and you'll love it. So that's kind of the best advice. <laughs> And how did you incorporate fun into your sessions? We know that for younger athletes coming through, and we were even talking to Dara Feely last night as part of our Bike Week uh, live show about, you know, young riders coming through and about keeping things fun to try and keep riders uh, and cyclists coming through during school and and onto college. So what did you do for fun then with your training or with your activities to keep you engaged in it? Well, I've always, cycling especially, like I've had my three brothers to train with. So we'd always be like racing each other on the bikes or up hills and different things. And just that was, I found that really fun. And then even the swimming club in Castlebar, there was a great bunch of like girls and boys. So I almost enjoyed going to swimming every morning. I didn't see it as a chore. And the same with the running, like I had a great gang of friends. So I think it is important though for younger athletes to keep it fun and not get too serious because at the end of the day, it's only sport. And I think the main thing is to enjoy it. And it, I think, again, it doesn't matter what age you are. There has to be an element of fun in it. I mean, we go out of cycling course. and we're we're going for the coffee and cake, right? Maybe we need to cycle a bit more. <laughs> oh, I have that as well. Everyone has that. <laughs> do a few more miles before we have uh, too much cake. How do you balance your training then? Because I, I know it's triathlon, it's swim, cycle, run, but you're competing at the highest level in your age group across triathlon running and cycling yeah I've kind of I've focused more on triathlon since I started college because like you can't compete at the highest level on all three and like I've been so lucky with triathlon Ireland there's such a great gang of people there to support me 
um, like Michael Dack, who's the head coach. You probably know him and Stephen and Petra. Like there's just such a an army of people there that can help me and kind of support me in that way. So I've been able to kind of compete at the highest level so far in triathlon. And that's my main focus. You did take part in the Tokyo test event as well. What was that like? Yeah, that was class. That was with the mixed relay. So even like the week leading up to it, the experience. And I remember just walking outside and sweating and feeling like I'm in a sauna. Um, but the actual race itself was great. I was only 18 at the time, so I was still quite young. But I was almost in awe, like standing on the start line against Katie Zafires and <laughs> George Taylor Brown. So it's something I won't forget anyway. When you look back now or when you were looking at the Olympics, you know, were you getting goosebumps thinking like, I've raced them, I've yeah. stood on the same, same start line? And you th- you see them on TV and you're like, wow, they are just so amazing but in person they're just normal they're just normal people at the end of the day and I think it's easy to forget that that like these people are just normal people that think the same things as us and do the same things and that almost makes it easier to think that oh maybe I can meet that level or makes it seem more more possible and also I suppose you know they're great role models as well for the likes of you coming through as well that you're able to say well actually I've stood on the same start line as these people there's nothing to stop me doing that again and yeah. give you great courage to keep moving forward with what you're doing for the future yourself. Yeah because even two of my cousins have gone to the Olympics um, Katrina and Sinead Jennings in rowing and marathon running so even having them as like role models from a young age I've always looked up to them and been like wow, I can actually, I can do this as well. Um, and they've qualified degrees as well. So they kind of juggle both both sides of things. Talking of your degree, where did the interest for pharmacy come from? It kind of came, my cousin, as I said, Sinead, she's actually a qualified pharmacist and she's a doctor as well. So I kind of seen her doing the degree and I was like, that sounds like something I might like. And then my granny was also a nurse. She'd always like look after everybody and she kind of explained to me like different medications and stuff. And I did some work experience as well in TY. And then once I did that, I was like, yeah, I really want to do do something like this. So, yeah, I was lucky enough to get it down in Cork because it's only three colleges in Ireland that have it. But I've done my first year and I've loved it so far. So another four to go. (laughs) And of course, you do have uh, some family history in Cork as well, don't you? I do. My uh, granddad Eamon is from Skibbereen. So he's a proud Cork man. He's delighted I came to Cork. Well, it's a great university down there. I had great fun doing my e-commerce back there. God, it must be 20 years ago now at this stage, at least uh, since I was down there in college. It's a great spot to go uh, to university. Um, The Boo Library and uh, all the fun around. It used to be the Western Star used to be there when I was in Cork. You don't have the Western Star anymore. I don't think so. I I haven't got to see the city enough, but like even the sports facilities down here is amazing. And I'm actually a sports scholar as well, a Quirker sports scholar. So the support I get from them is amazing as well. So I couldn't ask for better. It's a win-win situation. Yeah, exactly. Talking of uh, study and training, and I imagine that um, studying in pharmacy is quite full on. It's not a course that you can, you know, take many days off or take many lectures off that really it's it's pretty full on from the get go. So what sort of a routine are you in now in terms of, of training and how are you managing to balance the workload for study and the workload for training? It is difficult. And like, I'm trying to take the same approach that I did in leaving cert that if I set out a time that I need to do something, 
I just get it done and like I'm trying to get used to things down here and I'm joining different clubs and meeting up with new people so it's going to take time to get into a new routine um but it's definitely something it's something that I have to manage on a daily basis like trying to juggle the both and spend equal amounts of time doing doing the important things but I, I also have time for like fun things and meeting up with friends as well which is just as important <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Are you still swimming four or five days a week or what does the week look like in terms of training now? Yeah, I'm still swimming four or five days a week. Um, I got into a club down here, so I'm really lucky to just have people there with me as well. Um, and then the same with the running. I'm with the UCC Athletic Club. So they train in the Mardike. You probably know that's just across the road for me. So on those two sides of things, I'm basically doing four or five days swim and then three days running maybe four um and then the cycling I have to find some cyclists to go around Cork with and show me the road so it's something I'm sure I'll I'll get used to over the next couple of weeks I'm sure Cork Tri Club will take you under their wing as well down there um to, to bring you out on spins. Yeah. there's plenty of roads once you head out of the city plenty of roads to, and hills to find around yeah around, I see that <laughs> around Cork and what about Zwift are you on the indoor turbo trainer do you focus much on doing some of your stuff indoors or how does it work yeah last year over the winter like the weather in Ireland as you know isn't the best so I got into Zwift and I honestly loved it because you can just push yourself so hard without going like crazy but I think this winter I'll have to get back into it again I do prefer being out on the roads but it is it's a good training too now, I know you did go out in the rain. What was your casual fit? What did you do? I only did an hour easy. So I went out towards Ballincollig area, kind of just exploring the roads. I didn't want to go too far in case I ended up somewhere along the coast or something mad like that. <laughs> Probably went out the Lee Road, did you? Out to yeah. Ballincollig? Yeah, yeah, perfect. I know the road well. What, what's your favourite training session, Maeve? So if you were to pick swim cycle or run, uh, what would be your favourite training session in each one? Well, I'll start the swimming. Like, as you can definitely agree, is open water. I absolutely love getting into the sea or the lake or just just anything outside of a pool. Um, so those sort of sessions, I think you just feel amazing afterwards. And then the bike, I kind of like all sort of bike sessions, mainly like hilly sessions down really quite roads or with someone who's like pushing me on. Um, and then I just love cross country as well. <laughs> so cross country running, anything through, through muck and stuff, so. And if you had a choice on any given day, if you didn't really want to go train and you could do anything, what would it be? I, I love going for long runs with like my younger brother, Pierce, who's actually, he's a great runner. So I love just going for like a long run, not thinking about pace or anything and just, you know, just running and just enjoying it. That would probably be my go-to, go-to sort of thing. And of all the races and all the events that you've done, what one sticks out in your mind as one that you're most proud of, whether you won it or whether you didn't win it, but a, a race that you're just really proud that you were part of that event? Okay, that's actually a hard one. Um, it might have been last year at the Elite World Championships in Hamburg um, because I did not expect to get on the start line for that. And I was just really proud afterwards for like going and racing against those older athletes because I was still a junior. So I think even with COVID, it was one of the first, one of the only events on the triathlon calendar last year. So after I did that, I was like, wow, I actually, I did that. And I wasn't like afraid to go up against the older ones. So do you find, is it, is it intimidating going up against older athletes? Yeah, for sure. Because like I was, I was only 19 maybe. 
Um, and you're there racing against like Nicholas Spierig, who's a, an Olympic medalist. And it is it is intimidating for sure for younger girls or, or boys. Do you get nervous on the start line? I think the start line is probably the most time when you're not really nervous. It's more so the lead up to it, you know, the anticipation and everything. But generally speaking, I wouldn't say I'm a person that gets that nervous. Um, I try and just stay relaxed and kind of keep things like lighthearted and not not think about things too much. And would you do anything around like meditation or, or visualization or anything like that to just keep you kind of um, calm? I don't do meditation. No, I've never really got into it. Um, but I usually like do it. I have a diary, so I kind of just do that and it just takes your head away from everything, really. So I, I enjoy doing that for races or even on a daily basis. And I think even in years to come, like when I'm not able to do sport anymore, just being able to look back and like read the different things I was writing at the time, or I just think that'll be, it'll be cool. Now, I know you raced in 2019, I think it was, at the World Championships in Yorkshire. Uh, yeah. And you crashed twice, I think, in that race. Yeah, that was probably, that was probably one of the hardest like races of my career. It was the World Cycling Champs and it was like the last 20k. I crashed at about 60k in. Um, a big bunch of girls just came down, but thankfully I got back onto the main pack. And then it was like the last 2k maybe. And there was a group of 20 left. And I was like saying to myself, wow, I'm actually at the front. I could, you know, a realization just came over me that, oh, I could actually do quite well. And then I could see the finish line. And then a girl in front of me just went into the barrier and it almost just happened in slow motion where I had nowhere to go and I just went straight into the back of her and got banged and bruised and I crossed the line and finished but no I was heartbroken after that but it's part and parcel of sports you know you have the good days and the bad. So how do you deal with that heartbreak afterwards? Um, You have a good cry (laughs) afterwards and then I think you just have to you just have to move on from it really because like you're gonna have good days you usually have more bad days than good you just have to move on from it see if there's anything you could have done differently sort of analyze it but not not dwell on it and just kind of park it there and then move on to the next race I have a big fear of the bunch racing I just I don't know whether it's because I'm a control freak or what it is but the thought of having all these riders around me that could knock me off my bike or that I might hit into them or knock off the bike and come off and break something and I've broken plenty of bones in my body but it's a real deterrent for me to do any sort of that type of road cycling or even to go to the track and do some of the crit racing and things like that I've no problem doing a long distance endurance race because it's just me and the road it's a it's a I don't know what it is I don't know whether I need to go for hypnotherapy I I think a lot of people are like that though but how do you get rid of the fear had you ever that fear or do you just forget about it and not overthink it I think like fear is your worst enemy when you're in that bunch because if you're there you are there going 40 kilometers an hour and I think if you start overthinking it and start making up situations that could happen in your head it's just it's not it's not a good place to be so I've never actually been like scared I think I've always been just a little bit I think cyclists are crazy anyway the way they can just go out and do things but um I haven't had that fear but it is it is something that's hard to get over especially when you crash like the first couple of rides after that um you are a little bit nervous but generally speaking I think you just need to say right I'll be fine if I just stay in my line and not do anything stupid 
I suppose some of it kind of comes back to the fact that you just need to have courage and confidence exactly. in your own yeah. skill and the skill of the writers around you. Yeah, you need to trust the writers around you as well and just trust that they know they know what they're doing and most of the time they do. So. And do you prefer a draft legal triathlon race or a race like La Coutre where it's non-draft legal? I'm probably prefer the non-draft eagle bike races like La Coutre because I think it shows more of your bike strength um because most of the international races are bike um draft legal so if you're not like that strong a cyclist you can maybe sit in a bunch or get the aerodynamic advantage from sitting behind someone so it kind of depends it depends if I'm like out on the swim early or not so I usually prefer the non non-draft and Maeve, what age were you when you pulled on the green vest representing Ireland for the very first time? And what sport was it? Cross country running. Uh, it was in second year. I made the Irish team after a race in Sligo, actually, coincidentally, again, it must be my lucky county. Um, so I came like sixth in the All-Irelands there. And then I made the cross country team for this international race in Scotland. So I remember I traveled over there and my dad had come out with me as well for my first international race. And I still love the vest. So that was that was a special, a special day for me as a 13 year old, I think. 13 years of age. And is it 2019 that you represented Ireland in triathlon cycling and cross country running? Yeah, that was the end of 2019. I like that year I'd represented Ireland in three European championships in those three separate sports and that was kind of like something I look back on and I'm say it's probably one of the the things I'm most proud of uh, it was pretty special and it's probably a very unique situation to be in as well I can't imagine there's many other people have represented their country I know Brian Keane represented Ireland uh, in cycling and in triathlon maybe he did in running as well but there's not very many people would have donned the green jersey for for three different sports yeah, I, I don't even know. There there might be, but um, it was definitely a first for me. It was, it was pretty special. You mentioned that that was a highlight of your career to date, but what about the lowlights? Have there been lowlights? Have there been low times? Yeah, as I said, there is more bad days than good. That race in Yorkshire was pretty tough. And even this year, in I did a World Cup in Sardinia in, in Italy, which is a beautiful island. But on the bike, I had a mechanical and like, I just went from being in a pack, like racing, hoping to get a top 20 maybe in a World Cup. And then I just got a mechanical, had to stop. My chain just got stuck. And then after the race, you're just so, you're so gutted because you just feel so unlucky. But that happens in sport. And I kind of had to park that there and move on. You just have to take it, take it and set your goals for something else and then just move on from it. Would you consider yourself to be very self-motivated? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and even just self-disciplined as well. Um, so like if I have to, if I have to do something, I just get it done and try not to, try not to procrastinate. There's not much Netflix happening, I'd say, is there? Um, no, no, there is. I do like <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> I do, do like that. Nice, I do. No, I have to have some off time. And even I love just like going for a coffee or going like for lunch or something with my friends or even even my granny or my mom I'd love just doing nice things like that um because I think I think they're really important to just have a life outside of sport and study as well because you know you need that you need that break 
Oh, 100%. You absolutely need the social aspect of it, even though you get quite a lot of a social aspect to it through the training and meeting all those different people. Yeah, different you do, of clubs, but you definitely need some time outside of your tri-suit. Yeah, no, you do. Because even like, as you said, you meet so many people through sport and you almost find that half your friends are sports people. But no, I even love like going to the cinema or just doing like silly little things like that. I think they're good fun. What are you watching on Netflix at the moment? I finished watching Outer Banks. Kind of like um, there was a series that last year. So I watched that this year and that was that was pretty good. I won't spoil it for anyone out there. <laughs> Everyone will be Googling the Outer Banks to see what it was and see yeah. what it was, was watching. One of the questions that I think is quite interesting is to ask you, what have you learned from sport that benefits you in your studies? Um, the importance of time management, probably. <laughs> like definitely. Um and even just like you get out what you put in. So I think with sport, I've learned that if you train hard and you train like to the best of your ability and just challenge yourself, you're going to reap the rewards. And I think that's the same with study. If you if you pick up the book, study, um, hopefully you'll get the grades and rewards you want so that you just you get out what you put in, um, which is kind of correlated in both both aspects of life. And if you had any advice for any young girls coming through the ranks in sport, what would you say to them now? Um, I just tell them to keep at it because like there's going to be good days, going to be bad days. But I think it's just so important to do something that you love. And like I love sport, so I almost don't find it as a, a chore or a demand or anything. But I think just keep find a sport that you love. Like it doesn't have to be triathlons or anything like that um, or even find a hobby that you love. Um, and it'll just make life so much easier and just keep at it and just enjoy it. What piece of kit could you not live without? I think everyone in my house would probably say I'm a sucker for shoes. So I literally have like, I don't even know how many pairs of shoes. So probably my running shoes. I have these really nice, colourful, like white running shoes. So probably those I'd be heartbroken if I lost them. (laughs) And as a family, are you quite competitive? with each other like if you're training with the lads will Connor try to beat you or would you try and beat him and would you beat him I don't know if I'd beat him depends on the course depends he actually he won the Donegal 555 this year um I think over a longer distance I wouldn't stand a chance but uh no we are really competitive as a family like in a good way we push each other on and we have fun kind of doing it as well and even my mum uh she does cross-country running so each year I get to do like the Mayo championships with her around Mayo somewhere so we're like running in the same race so yeah it is it's nice to have people in your family who do sports as well and I guess the influence that your parents have had and that Connor has had as well, and even that you've had now on your younger siblings coming through, you know nurturing that appetite for sport is hugely important to actually keep you in it at such a young age I I know you're very successful but you know coming through the fact that your dad was big into sport and your mum is big into sport it's it's you grow up in that environment which facilitates you being able to then follow your own passion for sport yeah I think that is so important because like my parents have never put pressure on me to do sport but almost like for all my siblings like seeing them involved and seeing like the benefits they got from it it allowed us to like realize how important it can be but like for even some athletes out there who might not have any parents involved in sport like schools are gone really good at encouraging girls and boys to get into sport and looking after them so it is important to try and nurture our youth as you said. (laughs) 
And it's funny, actually, with triathlon, you see sometimes that you have the junior kids coming through and the mums and dads aren't doing triathlon at all, but something yeah. that the kids are doing. And it's actually the kids who are having the impact on the parents to start doing triathlon. There was a couple of people in La Coutre now, and I know that the kids had done the race a couple of times and their parents were doing one of the races for the very first time this year. So it's quite a special thing to have. And I think, as you mentioned, you know, being able to go out and race with your mum, it's quite a special thing, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is special because like you look back on this in years to come and think of all like the good memories you had. But even the National Youth Series that was set up this year, I think that's a an amazing idea because even in Loch Ray, I remember seeing just the amount of kids and they were so small and competitive and it just like brought me back a flashback to when I was that size and yeah it is it is important for the young ones to have something and we had great fun with the young kids all right in uh, in Loch Coutre the even younger ones on the Sunday the racing was fast and ferocious I'd say and, so <laughs> and the excitement and nerves were coming from the sidelines and not from the kids um, Maeve when we look to the future uh, you're studying in UCC you have another well you have this year and three more years to complete to get your degree but Paris is in a couple of years well three years time so what's the story I'll be able to take a year out or different things like with the scholarship Quirkus are really good they can help me facilitate like if I need to take a year out or kind of change around exams um but I think in the future I want to just keep representing Ireland going to international races and also just get my degree in pharmacy as well and kind of just see where it goes from there um but just keep doing what I love because what is it if you if you love what you do, if you love your job, you won't work a day in your life or that's something a, like that. That's exactly it. If you if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. That yeah. is absolutely true. Sprint versus Olympic distance racing, which is preferred? I did my first Olympic this May. Um, I probably prefer the Olympic distance. It kind of kind of changes after you do a race. You know, in the middle of like a forty k bike, you're like, oh lord. This is a lot longer, but I think I probably have a slight preference for the Olympic distance. And speaking of the Olympics, is it the dream to win an Olympic gold medal? Well, I think it's every athlete's dream out there, no matter what age they are, to get an Olympic medal. So it's definitely, definitely one to try and reach for. It's it's a tough road to be on, though, Maeve, isn't it? Really, when you think about the amount of work that you've to to put in to, to do it, it's. I'm not going to use the word sacrifice because I don't think there's a sacrifice there. You love what you do, but there's there's definitely it's a tough road to get to the Olympics, and then it's even tougher to get to the top. Yeah, it is, and I think people who aren't athletes might find it hard to see like the amount of hours and work and support that goes into just one competition or race so it definitely is a long a long road and I think it's important to remember that because I am still so young um that it's a long it's a long journey it is and of course we had Russell uh on the podcast we haven't managed to get Carolyn on yet but hopefully we will at some point but yeah. they did us so proud in Tokyo but they had such a tough arduous journey to get there I mean Russell did he race five yeah. weeks five continents um five races and then try and race in Tokyo like it's a it's not an easy undertaking to, no. to make it to qualify yeah. it was amazing like what he did he even like even when I was speaking to him I was like how did you manage to go from Portugal to the other side of the continent and race and still perform and get that Olympic spot so it's definitely it's definitely an, an admirable thing for him to 
to qualify and yeah they did both of them did us really proud when we look at the mental side of of racing do you think that you are made of tough stuff are you stubborn will you be dogged at what you're doing to try and achieve uh your goals when you're training when you're racing you know how much determination do you need to have to do what you do yeah, I would say I do. You need to have a bucket loads of determination and just willpower to keep going because you're going to get set back so many times that you just need to have the self-belief that you can just keep going, keep doing what you're doing and just believe that it'll work out in the end. So yeah, I would say I'm quite, not stubborn, but like just determined. <laughs> well, well there's, there's, my family might disagree <laughs> we might have to ask them uh speaking of your family you have mentioned your family you've mentioned Lorraine you've mentioned Sinead and Katrina outside of that specific group of people who do you think have had the biggest influence on your life to date not necessarily in sport but just generally in your life um to date who have you most looked up to outside of that I suppose cohort of people that we've mentioned already um Outside of my family, like there has been loads of different people that's kind of had small influences in my life and kind of like guided me in different things. But um, I don't know, like outside of that, there's there's been different people, but I think it's mainly been my parents that have had the biggest influence. And of all of your achievements, what are you most proud of? Probably the representing Ireland in the three European races, but even winning my first elite race in Dakar in Senegal I was I was really proud of that because it was the first time I'd won abroad in like an elite triathlon so that was that was a special day. How did you celebrate? It was actually two weeks before Christmas time so once I got home I had like the the big party and my friends and family came over and then it just led on into Christmas so yeah it was a good it was a good celebration. And you know when we look back to 2020 do you think did COVID have a positive or a negative impact in your training and your journey towards your sporting goals for 2021 and beyond? Um, I think it had both positive and negative, like the pools closed. Um, so that was a bit of a setback, but I managed to get in with the pool in Castlebar, the Mayo Daddy. So Andy Warren and Dave O'Malley, they kind of let me get in there and that was great. Um, but I think it actually had a positive effect on me because I got to spend time at home train with my family and kind of just take a step back from the hectic usual daily schedule and I also got more time to like recover you know when you're not on your feet or going to the shop or just doing things throughout the day we were just cocooning in the house and just enjoying life as it came. Maeve, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. A shining star and the future is bright for triathlon with you coming through, you know, probably to the detriment of cycling and athletics in Ireland if triathlon is the way that you're definitely going to go. But the very best of luck to you. And I look forward to calling you down the finish line again very, very soon. Thanks, Joanne. I really enjoyed my time speaking to you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget you can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. I'd love to connect on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. Pop by and say hi. Let me know what you think of the show. If you are new to Try Talking Sport, please do check out some of our previous episodes. You will be both inspired and impressed by our guests. Until next time, stay safe, keep smiling and remember to look for fun and adventure in every day.